The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Ketubot has been dedicated by our dear friend Mr. Elliot Shasho. Hashem Yishmineu Vehayehu. May the Zikrut of the Limud of Masechet Ketubot stand for him that he should have Be'ajat Hashem, Ashana Tovam Borechet, Osher Ve'osher Ve'chavod, Shalom Bayit, Ve'atzlacha Be'chol Ma'asei Yadav, and Be'ajat Hashem may he continue to be a supporter of Torah and all holy uh, projects. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by Nisim Halevi in memory of Rahamim ben Victoria. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden. Amen. Again, dedicated by Nisim Halevi Hashem Ishmael Mehayehu. Amen. Today's daf is being studied by Nishmat Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied for Ashlema Yosef ben Saram. Amen. We begin today's daf on Pegimal Amud Sheni, and we are three, four, five lines from the bottom. Actually, six lines from the bottom. Last word on the line: Rabban Shimon Ben Gamliel Omer. We learned uh, in the Mishnah the Shita of Rashbag. Rabban Shimon Gamliel said, if a person writes to his wife. <coughs> Din v'devarim en li b'nechsayich b'chayich u'b'motech. I have nothing to do with your property in your life and after you die, which means he's removing himself from Yerusha. Normally a lady that dies and she has properties, the properties are inherited by her husband. But in this case of he's writing to her that I do not want everything to do with your properties even after your death, which sounds like he's removing himself from the Yerusha. However... He didn't say anything. He's still Yoresha. Why? Because the Torah says that the husband is Yoresh, his wife. And we have a rule. The person cannot make a condition on something that the Torah established. The Torah establishes that a Ba'al is Yoresh Ishto. So this guy cannot come along and say, well, I make a condition that I'm not going to be Yoresh. Yoresh with the Torah. That was about Shemuelia's uh, Shita. Amar Rav, Halakha, Kerabban Shem'on, Ben Gamliel, Velo Meta'ameh. So Rav says, we hold like Rabban Shem'on in the Halakha, which means the husband still is Yoresh, but not from his reasoning. We have a different Sivara for the uh, same outcome. My halakha kerabban shemom gamliel velav mitameh. What does that mean? That halakha follows rabban shemom gamliel, but for a different reasoning. Ilemah halakha kerabban shemom gamliel damar imeta yirashena. That he agrees with him in halakha that if she dies, she, he still will be your esher velav mitameh, but for a different reasoning. The ilu rabban shemom gamliel savar. Because Rashbag holds that while when a person makes a tenai, and something that's written in the Torah, the tenai is considered batel, that's why he's still Yoresher. But Rav really holds that you can't be matne al mashikatu batora. Also, if you can be matne al mashikatu batora, why does he agree with the halakha that says that he's still Yoresher? Because he really holds that the inheritance that the husband inherits his wife is only midrabanan. It's rabbinical. 
והחכמים עשו חיזוק לדבריהם יותר משל תורה. And the rabbis, many times they make a חיזוק, a strengthening on their rabbinic law even more than Torah law, which means even though by Torah law, a person can make a condition on a Torah law. So he argues on the Bansh Gamaliel on that sense, but he agrees with him in the bottom line because he holds that what? That the Yerusha, that the husband is Yoresh, his wife, that's Midrabanan. Oh, so Midrabanan, Kotsekin, the person can be Matnea Mashkin Batura. They strengthen their, uh, their words even more than Torah, and that's why he's going to say that Tanai is Batel, and therefore he still can be Yoresh's wife, even though he stipulated that as such. Rashi, the bottom. ורב סבר תנאו קיים. Which means, really, רב holds that אדם יהיה מתנה על מה שכתוב בתורה. The תנאי is legitimate. כרבי יהודה, דאמר גבי מקדש את האישה, על מנת שאינך עליי שאין כסות ועונאה בדבר שבממון, תנאו קיים. Which means he holds, like רבי יהודה that says, a fellow can be מקדש a lady, I'm being Mekadesh you on the condition that I'm not obligated to pay you any monetary obligations that normally your husband has to pay. So the Rabbi Yudha says, the Tanai is Kayam, and the Kedushin is the Kedushin. You could be Matneh al-Mach Ketub al-Turah. So the question is, so why then is he Yoresha? He made a condition. The Kassabah Rav Yerusha Taba'al Derabanan. Rachamim Asur Hizuk Al-Devrahim Yot Mishnah Turah Yot Tanao Batin. Which means the rabbis strengthen their position that what, even though Yerushat Tabar is Mdrabanan, they made a Chizuk, and therefore the Tanai is going to be Batel. And therefore he's not going to be able to be uh, uh, putting a stipulation, if he will be Yoresh regardless. Comes to Gabbaran says, V'savar Rav Tenao Kayam. Hold it. Does Rav really hold that when you're being Matne Alma Shikatu Batura, the Tanai is Kayam? Jesus the Gabbaran is asking. You just established to me that what? That he agrees, that what? That he holds Rav like the Miuda. That can matne Adam al-Mashikatu Torah. That you can't put a condition on a Torah law. So the Gemara challenges that. Does Rav hold indeed that the Tanai al-Mashikatu Torah is, is Kayam, is, uh, stands? Veha itmar, we have a statement. Ha-omer Guy tells his friend. Right? He's selling his friend an item, and he says, listen, There's a law of usury. A person is not allowed to charge over a certain amount of money for a certain item. Now, if he charges over that item, that's considered ona'ah, and normally the sale is nullified, is void. So a guy comes along to his friend and says, listen, I'm selling you the item, but don't come back to me with any ona'ah. Which means whatever I'm charging you, even if it turns out to be ona'ah, I'm not interested, don't, uh, you cannot come back to me and have uh, claims. Right? As she says, I'll sell you this item without any strings of ona attached to it. Rav Amar, Rav comes along and says, Yesh lo alav ona'ah. Rav says, the guy can still have a claim of ona'ah. Why? Because you're being matne'a al-mashkatu batorah. 
ve'en adam matnei amash katu b'torah. What do you mean? I thought you just said Rav holds when it comes to monetary things that he holds that the adam ye matnei amash katu b'torah. So sestira in Rav. Where do we see Rav say by monetary things? By the case of kedushin, where God comes along and says, "Hareat mikudesh de amnat she'eni alai she'er vekesut." I'm being mikudesh to you on the kudesh. I don't want to have to pay any, uh, you know, uh, monies that I'm normally obligated to pay. So Rav said over like Rav Yudah that the kedushin is how. So you see why well, you can't make a condition. I but over here when the guy comes along and says, I'm not chain on the onah, to give us the name of Yes to Alav Onaa. Ushwail Amar En no Alav Onaa. Oh yeah, Shwail argues. Shwail says En Alav Onaa, but Shwail holds that a person can make a condition of Ashkatu Badra. Bottom line, we have the stira in Rav. So based on that stira, we have to revamp our original statement. Our original statement was that Rav agrees with the Banchim on the Gamliel, Velav Mitame. But not for his reasoning. But the way we uh, set that uh, phrase up didn't work out. Because really, Rav does hold like the Bangam of the Hill that when it comes to Torah law, in Adam Matne. So comes the and says, Ela. So read this statement of Rav like this. Halakha kirabban shim'on begam the Hill. De amar hamatne alma shikatu batorah tena o batim. Which means really holds like Rajbag. And what? In Adam Matne Torah. And Rav subscribes to that as well. Vilav mitame. But not from his reasoning. What do you mean not from his reasoning? Meta Yirashena, which means a bank is gonna hold. That because in Adam Matne Torah, his Tanai is Batel, but he said that I don't want to have anything to do with you after the death. Tanai is Batel, if she dies, he still is Yoresha. But Rav is going to hold Meta Lo Yirashena. Why? Because he's going to hold that the Yirusha of the Baal is Drabanan, and in the Drabanan, Ye Adam Matne. Which means he agrees with Rabban Shemugamaliel in the principle of Matne Adam in Adam Matne, but Vilav Mitame he came with a different uh, uh, conclusion because he concludes that what that indeed the husband will be Yoresh. Why? Because um, he holds that this only was a Drabanan over here. And since it's only Drabbanan, meaning the husband being Yoresh's wife is a Drabbanan, and therefore Matne Adam al Mashkatu Batorah. So comes the Gebaran and says, hold it. The way you're setting it up now doesn't fit in with the, the phraseology of what Rav said. Hai mitame velo Which means, you said that the statement was, he holds like his halakha, but not for his reasoning. The way you set it up now is, he doesn't hold of his halakha, but he does hold of his reasoning. It's the exact opposite, because he doesn't hold of his halakha. Because the halakha of Rashbag was what? He is Yoresh's wife. Where Rav is saying the exact opposite, he's not Yoresh's wife. So you cannot tell me he agrees with him in his halakha. He does not agree with him in his halakha, the way he said over here. And Adrabah, you say that he doesn't agree with Tameh, he does agree with Tameh. Because he also agrees with uh, Rabban Shemagamli that says, En adamat namash katubat Torah. Which means, according to this version over here, it's the exact opposite of the way Rav said it. The way the statement was, Rav uh, agrees behilchate velav mitame. He agrees. It sounds like with the conclusion, but not for the same reason. But the way you're setting it over here, it's the opposite. He argues on the conclusion, even though he agrees with the reason. So therefore, that doesn't fit in with the uh, phraseology of what Rav was saying.
So Gemara says, Ela, so you have to revamp it again. Halacha keraban Shimon ben Gamliel de'amar imeta yirashena. He agrees with the bottom line. He agrees with the halacha. That what? Imeta, if the um, uh, lady dies, indeed, she, the husband will be yoresha. Ve'lav mitame, but for a different reason. Oh, what's the different reason? Te'ilu raban Shimon ben Gamliel sabar b'deoraita tena'o batel. Rabban Shemuel said that what? That when it comes to the Oraita laws, like Yerusha, according to him, the Tanai is Batel. Habed Rabbanan Tanai Okayam. Where the Ashpag would say, but in rabbinical items, you can't put a Tanai on a rabbinical item. Virav Savar, Afil Bidrabanan Tanai O Batel. And Ravos, even on rabbinicals, Tanai O is Batel. So the Gebaraz is assuming what? He agrees with him in the bottom line of his halakha, Vilav Mitame. Because why? According to Rajbag, the reason is that it's a Torah law, and therefore, in Adam Matnea Mashkatu Batorah. And since in Adam Matnea Mashkatu Batorah, the Tanai is Batir, therefore, it can still be Yoresh. Where Rav agrees to the same conclusion, but he just holds that this is Drabanan. He holds it's Drabanan, and he holds that on a Drabanan, even on a Drabanan, a person cannot put a, uh, a, a condition, and therefore, the Tanai is Batir. So the Gemara says, wait. Hai ketame v'kehilchatehu. So what do you mean? That he's agreeing with on everything. Which means in that case, it's, he agrees with his ta'am, because he agrees with the, the, the reason he's giving That's true. And he also agrees, kilchateh, that the husband still is yoresh. So the Gebra says, verav mosifu. Which is all Rav is doing is, according to this understanding, Rav is just being mosif, which means not only in your case, of the case of the Yerusha, which is the Oraita, which is, let's say Rav holds the Oraita also, according to this way. Rav agrees is the Oraita, right? So I'm agreeing with you that, like the case of the Yerusha. So I agree with you, halakha, I agree with your reasoning, but I'm even telling you further. I'm telling you even on a drabanan, so the statement should have been, Rav, but you didn't say that. You said Rav So this way doesn't agree. This way doesn't doesn't doesn't, doesn't uh, portray that. Ela, the final answer. But not for the same reasoning. Why? End of subject, which means, really, the original statement that Rav said is now understood. The statement is what that we're saying, that Rav holds like the halakha of Rabban Shemur Megamliyev, that what? That the Yerusha still goes to the husband. Even though he wrote it tonight, I'm removing myself from the Yerusha. Doesn't matter. Just like Rashbag said in the Mishnah, Tina o Batel, and he's Yoresh, after she dies, Rav agrees to the Halakha. Velav but not because of the same reasoning. Because the reasoning of Rabban Shem is because he holds Yerusha is a Deoraita. And Yerusha is in the Oraita, and therefore, in Adam Matne al Mashikatuv Batorah. Now, Rav agrees to that, by the way. Rav agrees also that in Adam Matne al Mashikatuv Batorah. He just holds that when it comes to a Yerusha, Yerusha is rabbinical. 
And since Yerusha is rabbinical, which is the husband that's Yoresh, the wife is only Midrabanan. Oh, so if it's only Midrabanan, and still Rav holds that in Adam Matne Almashikatuv, even on Drabanans. Why? Because Hakamim Asu Hizuk Ladavrahim Kesher Torah. That the rabbis put a Hizuk on Torah, which means he agrees with in Adam Matne Almashikatuv Torah. That's clear. And just like he said by the case of Onah. That while when a guy comes along and says to his friend, I'm selling you this item, but you can't have Ona'ah claims. Rav says, he still can have Ona'ah claims. That's a Torah item, Ona'ah. And therefore, you tonight is Batel. He can come back with Ona'ah claims. Aye, but what? He's saying over here, but this is not a Torah item, the Yerusha. The, this case of Yerusha by the husband and the wife is Rabbanan. Oh, but he agrees with the Halakha of Rav. He agrees with the conclusion. That what? That still, he still is Yonesha. Why? Because the deen is that the rabbis put a hizuk on rabbinical items, they treated it like Torah items. And therefore, he came along, let's speak it out. He came along, according to Rab, he wrote in the start, I have nothing to do with this property after you die. Okay, well, even if uh, she dies, the things coming to him only, seemingly his tonight should be enough to remove himself from the property. Rab says, you know something? I agree with you, Rabban Shemil, your halakha is right. That what? That he still gets the property. I is the banan, and the Kaurah prince should be able to be matne on the banan. Hakarim asu hizuk the devrehim. So that's exactly what he said. Halakha kerabban shemom gamliel velav mitame, but not for his reasoning. Because rabban is holding is because it's Torah alone, and the matne much to Torah. But Rav is holding it's a drabanan, and still hakarim asu hizuk because the statement now works out uh, works out clear that on the banan items. A person cannot be uh, uh, even according to uh, even though even though it's only a drabanan. Uh, Comes the Gemaran asks the Rab Savar Yirushat about drabanan. Now this whole premise of the way we answered is you have to assume that what Rab holds lav mitame right he holds not of the reason of Rashbag because Rashbag said Yirushat is deoraita. We we said Rab must hold what the Yirushat is drabanan. So the Gemara asks, "The Rav Savar Yerushat about Rabbanan, v'achamim asu hizuk l'tevrehem akishat Torah." Okay, period. The Rav Savar Yerushat about Rabbanan is that so? That in our we have a Mishnah. Rabbi Yochanan ben Beroka Omer. What's the case? Hayoresh et ishto. Okay, I have a case. Person inherited, let's say, a property from his wife. Yahzir libne mishpacha. So when the Yovel comes, now Yovel, there's an interesting law that says, all ancestral fields, that means fields that has, have a certain uh, you know, family plots and things like that, they're returned to the original owner. So therefore, any field that was sold prior to the Yovel, once the Yovel comes, you have to return it, it's like there's an automatic built-in lease. Once the 49th year comes, it goes back to the uh, original owner. So a husband was Yoresh, let's say a field from his wife. Comes the Yovel now, what's the deen? Ya'zid libne mishpahab. The wife's family. He's got to return it. And he has to subtract some monies. He subtracts. It sounds like he's going to get paid for the fields, but he has to subtract some monies. We'll see exactly <laughs> what that means as we read a little further. We analyze Micah Sabah. Now, what is this rabbi holding that you tell me that in the Yovel you have to give back the ancestral property back to the wife's family? If indeed he holds that Yerusha of the wife to the husband is Deoraita, there's no law of returning a Yerusha, which is the only time the Torah says you have to return is if you bought a property or you got a property as a gift. 
But an inheritance, if you hold Yerusha as the right, there's no deed of Yovel on Yerusha. So therefore, he cannot be holding Yerusha as the right of it. Because if Yerusha was the right, it's his. Torah never demanded an inheritance to be returned back to the, uh, to the original uh, owner. Good. The Eid Rabbanan. And if you're telling me what, that it's Rabbanan, which means the whole thing is rabbinical, and that's why you tell me he has to return it. Damim May Avitayu. What's the business over here with the, uh, the money? Which means, why are you telling me uh, that uh, he doesn't get monies? The law is that when a person returns the field, he gets, he gets back money. Because he has to get compensated. He's, giving, he's not going to pay for a field and give it back uh, for nothing. So why does it say over here, meaning it sounds like he, he, he's, sub, he's, he's subtracted from his monies. If it's Rabbanan, I agree. The field's really not his. So therefore, the 49th year comes, uh, give it back to the original owner. But the Chavarei should be compensated. Why did it say, So comes the Gemara and says, Oh, oh so Rav commented on this uh, statement. This Mishnah from Yohanan bin Biroka. Really, the Yerusha is the Oraita. Also, if it's the Oraita, why do you have to return it? Bichlal. The Kasabar. The Khon. Shorishato. Ishto. Beta Kevarot. Which means, what was the property that the wife uh, bequeathed the husband when she died? It was a cemetery. Which means she had plots in the cemetery, and uh, that was her field, whatever it was. When she died, the husband got it. Now, Lechaurat, Torah law, it's his. Yovel comes, you don't got to give it back. He's Yoresh Torah. So, why does it say when the Yovel comes, he has to return it? So, it says, Mishum Pegam Mishpaha. This is a side thing. We're worried about a, a, a blemish or a tarnish on the family. What's the tarnish on the family's name? Mishum Pegam Mishpaha. Now on the family plot, you're going to have the husband's family being buried there with others, whoever was buried there before that. And now the wife's family is going to have to be buried somewhere else. That's already Pagan from Mishpah, which means this is a family burial plot. And therefore, they want to be buried together. So therefore, the rabbis put a, a, a tekana over here, that when it comes to the uh, uh, yovel, uh, uh, that what? He has to uh, return it. And it's not really only to the yovel, which means even uh, before the yovel, if the family needs it for a burial plot, uh, they have to uh, really... Uh, got to sell it. Uh, you have to release it. They're saying over here that uh, even in the yovel, don't think that the yovel really takes this property, because Medoraita, it doesn't. Even in the Yovel, it's not, it's not really theirs. It's only because of Pegam, Mishpah, even in the Yovel. Now, Amura Banan, Lishkol Dameh, Good. And therefore the rabbi said, you know what? You're not going to lose any money. Like a normal case. Give back the property, and they'll, they'll reimburse you. Meaning they'll have to pay you. Oh, uh, so what does it mean that you can subtract monies? That, that the wife's film can subtract monies? What do you mean? They have to pay full price when they're giving it back. When they're buying it back. Uh, exactly. Which means, remember we learned the husband's obligated to bury his wife. That's his uh, obligation. So therefore, when he's uh, getting the monies back, so they can give him the monies back minus one kivit. Because that's on him to pay. 
Kedetanya, like we learned in the Braita, Hamocher Kevro. Similarly, we learned in a uh, Braita. Actually, let's look at the Rashid, the Mekever Ishto, Shehayav Hu Bikmurata. Look, because he's obligated to, 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 to pay. Now, Kedetanya, now we're just showing you in the Braita, what are we trying to prove in the following Braita? Rashi says, Lokeya Pet Kevrot Machazino Al Korho. That you see that cemeteries, you have a right, even though it was sold, you have a right to claim it back. Because of Pegabish Baha. You know, you, your families want to be buried with, with, with their own people. And therefore, if you sell a cemetery, take the family can come back along and say, listen, uh, we want it back. Where do you see that? Kedetanya, Mocher Kivro. Guy, let's say, sells his kever. Vederich Kivro. Derech Kivro is, let's say, the pathway that leads to, towards his kever. Ma'amado. Ma'amado, if you remember, in the olden days, they had a custom on the way to the uh, cemetery, to the burial place. They would have a... Um, a, a ceremony called Ma'amad Moshav, which uh, the people, as they were walking, they would tell them, Shivu Yekarim Shivu. They would sit and they eulogize, would get up to give them a hesped, and then uh, they would say, Amdu Yekarim Amodu, they would get up, they would walk a little more, then they would say again, Shivu Yekarim Shivu, they would do this seven times on the way. So it seems there was a certain area that was designated for this Ma'amad, so he sells the, uh, the area that this Ma'amad Moshav ceremony was done, Umakom Espedo. Or for that matter, he sells Makom Espedo again, which is a place where they would make eulogies, let's say, by the uh, grave. What's the bottom line? Ba'in b'nei mishpacha v'kovrin oto ba'al korcho mishum pega mishpacha. The family come along and say, we know our father sold you all this stuff here. We're taking it back against your will, which means they could pay. Here's the money. We're taking it back and we're burying our father over here. Why? Mishum pega mishpacha. Because, uh, listen, we don't want our father to be buried somewhere. This is the family plot. We don't want him to be buried to somebody else with different people, and you're going to put somebody else in the plot over here. So they were technically with these people over here, that when it comes to plots, we have already a Pegam Mishpacha factors. Therefore, similarly, when the Rabbi Yohanan and said in the, in the Mishnah, that what? That a lady that inherits the husband, Bet Kevarot. Right? So we said what? That in the Yovel... She gets it back. The family of the lady gets it back. And Rav said, don't think. Really, she shouldn't get it back. Because really, Yerusha is the Oraita. And since the Yerusha that the husband gets from is the Oraita, so therefore, what's the deen? The deen is that it shouldn't go back. So why are we letting the wife's family take it back? Because of Pegam Mishpah. Like you see, when it comes to plots, there's a Pegam Mishpah factor. Oh, so what do you see over here? But we have a question. Because you see, Rav holds that what? Yerusha is the Oraita. We just said in the previous Gemara that he holds Yerusha is the Rabbanan. What are you talking about? Clearly you see the way Rav is interpreting the Mishnah. He says that the Yerusha of the husband of the wife's property is the Oraita. Kibra answers, Rav leta'amed Rabbi Yohanan ben-Beroka ka'amar leh. Ve'lo svira ve'leh lo svira leh. Very simple, which means Rab was only explaining the Mishnah. The author of the Mishnah is Rabbi Yohanan ben Beroka. So, yeah, Rabbi Yohanan ben Beroka, that's his reasoning. But I don't hold like that. I hold really in the Chalabi that Yerusha is only Midrabbanan. So, therefore, Rabbi Rab is uh, established and he's consistent. And therefore, there is, no, there is no problem. Okay, let's read the next Mishnah. Mi Shemit. Okay, a person died. Veniyah Isha Ubaal Hob Veyorshin. So now there's three people that are uh, uh, jockeying for the money. Who do you have over here? You have his wife. She wants to get to buy money. Balhov. Balhov's a creditor. He owes somebody money. 
And he has the Yorshim, he has the inheritance. So now, where's the money that we're talking about? Now let's say he has a pikadon, a collateral, that's in somebody else's uh, uh, p- p- possession, right? Who has the rights to that, uh, to that item? That's the, uh, the question of the, uh, of the Mishnah. Now, comes the Mishnah, it says, you give it to the weakest one. The koshel, to the weakest one. That's she now. You not do the koshel, but because I'm a fadesh, my new. The afalgav de lo mishtabe metaltele diatme. Which means, even though we have a rule, that the metaltele, that's the movables, that let's say, the uh, atomim inherit. There's no liens on metaltle, which means when the yetomim inherit, it's theirs. Nobody has any claims. Just like a lady cannot take ketubah from the metaltelin, balhov also cannot take uh, 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 their debt back from the metaltelin. There's no liens on the metaltelin that the yetomim inherit. Lo le balhov velo le ketubah. The case over here, if you see how the way the Mishnah set it up, the collateral is not by the Yitomim, it's by somebody else. Mm-hmm. The father had a collateral by uh, so-and-so's house, by you know, a foreign guy's house. So that already didn't come into the possession of the Yitomim yet. It's by somebody else. Which means anything that comes by the three Yitomim, they inherited it already. Mm-hmm. Therefore the lady cannot come along and take a ketubah from it, look at the Malhof, take uh, his uh, debt from it, because in... Uh, 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 there's no shabur on it that's why the Mishnah establishes the case where the money is by somebody else so now we want to know who has first rights to go take that money the wife the ketubah the baal hov or the yorshin so continue Rashi svira lil rabbi tarfon the motzi'in miyad al-love o miyad mishpekadon etzto venotnim the baal hov vele ketubah shenitchayeb bahem amet mehayim so they come along to be the phone and says, listen, you either give it to the, to the lady, which is the ketubah, or you give it to the balhov. Why? Because already their shi'abud was already from when the husband was alive. Which means that, that they, they came first. The yorashim didn't come until after. So they called the koshel maybe the weakest one, which means it's considered one of those two. Now why would they be called le koshel shebahim? So he says, either the almana or the balhov. Uh, so he calls it a koshil really is a, is a ani. Shta continues. Rabbi Akiva Omer en merahamim bedin. He says a language over here. We don't have mercy in the judgment, which is the judgment is what it is. And what is that? Ela yinatnu le yorshin. All of it goes to the yorshin, which is that money. That's why somebody else, you give it to the inheritors. Why? Shikulan sirichim shivua. She goes even further, and even if they're tofesit, which is, let's say the lady comes to the credit over there, or to the guy who has the picado and grabs it, don't mean nothing. Give it to the Yorshin. Even the Baal Hob comes along and tofesit, give it to the Yorshin. Why? Why? A lady, let's say, or a Baal Hob, is coming to get paid from the Assets of the Yitomim, lo yipara ela bishbu'ah. They have to swear. Swear that they didn't get paid yet. 
סודיית בקשבועה. וחוזמן שלא נשבעו, אין להם רשות בהם. ואין אנו יודעים אם יש להם עליו כלום. We don't even know if they have anything on it, they can make the שבועה or not. הלקק, משמת, תמת, זכו במיורשים ובשותנן. Which means, the ירושה is an automatic. They don't have to swear to get their ירושה. So therefore, the second the husband dies, whatever's in the other guy's possession, for example, that collateral, right to the Yorshim. So you're talking, what do you mean? But they come first. Yeah, but it's not automatic to them. They can only take it b'shvu'ah. And therefore, who says if they're going to make the shvu'ah, who says they're going to be able to extract the money? So you give it to the one that has a direct uh, 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 access to it immediately. That's what I'm going to be tarfon and be akiva. Yeah, if they come along and swear, then they can take it out. But right away, it goes to the Yorshim. Yes. Yes, to the Yatomim. So comes the Okay, father died. And now he has Perot, not attached to the ground. Whoever grabs it first is Zuchah. That's the rule of the Perot. Now, where are these Perot exactly? So Rashi says, The Yorshim grabbed it first. Exactly, which means once already they grabbed the Perot, the Ketubah nor the Balchov can come and take that money because we have a rule. In Metaltelin. Of the Yetomim, Mishta'abedeh, Lebaalchov, and the Ketubah. There's no liens on the Taltalim. So if the Yetomim grabbed it first, it's theirs. Uh, the Ketubah, she lost it. She's not going to be, she has to go find Karka. Now, continue. Kadam, Ehad, Mehen, or the other ones that say what Kodem, for example, Aisha, or Malveh, Zaka, who did a bitter phone, eat le tefisad, lachar mita, mehanya. Which is, this is going to the bitter phone. The bitter phone holds that. Tifisa does work, which means even though we learned earlier that what did the bitarfon say that we, when he leaves something uh, by the uh, you know the baharim, the bitarfon says you give it either to the to the to the lady or you give it to the malchov, the ones holding the star. Here we're talking about a case of pirot. We don't know where the pirot are. Obviously they're in a, 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 a neutral place. They're not in the Yorshim's possession, because if they were in the Yorshim's possession, they were in the Yorshim. Obviously, the Kibbutz have to tell us they're somewhere neutral. And the law is, Now, even though, seemingly, if the Yorshim grab it, they grab it. But the Chidush is that he holds that there are situations where we work with the Deen of Tofes. That whoever grabs it, you can't take it out of them. So if the Yorshim grab it first... They get it first. If the Baal Chob grabs it first, he keeps it. If the Ketubah, the girl lady, takes it first, she keeps it. Which he holds of this concept over here, that when you have fruit in a neutral area, we'll see where that area is. Let's say the lady was tofes to perot. But there's more perot than when she's really obligated for a Ketubah. Who gets the extra perot now? Or let's say the Baal Chov, he was owed $1,000, but he grabbed perot $1,200. So that is motar in the perot. Who gets that extra 200 Ham motar, that extra of the tofes, where does it go? The big tarfon omer, yinnatnu lekoshel shebahem. Rashi. 
המותר יינתנו לכושר שבהם, you give it to the weakest one, זה בעל השטר שידו על התחתונה. See, she says that's a vara. That you give it to the one that's holding the shtar. If you come to the hands of the yatomim, which means the weakest ones are the, everybody except the yatomim, because the yatomim are the yorshim. Once the yorshim get this, you can never take it out from them. So therefore the law is like this. Let's say the uh, lady was uh, tofes, and she was tofes more than a ketubah, so the one that has the rights on the extra is the balchov. He's next in line. The balchov can be tofes, the extra perot, or the opposite. If the balchov is tofes, and it's extra, so the isha is tofes, the extra, the motar goes to, goes to them. That's the deen of, uh, of that. And Rabbi Akiva argues on that. Rabbi Akiva argues, in merahamim bedin, ela yinatnu yorshim. Again, if somebody was tofes, and then it goes to, uh, uh, you have extra, right to the yorshim. Why? We'll see, shikulam sirichim shivu'ah, vena yorshim sirichim shivu'ah. Now we have to actually see exactly what Rabbi Akiva holds on this last uh, deen over here. To explain to it over here, which means, according to uh, Rabbi Akiva, he holds that always the Yorshim get it. That's basically Rabbi Akiva's rule. Correct. The case doesn't even start according to Rabbi Akiva. Because he says, there's no such thing as a tofes. Once a person uh, dies, he left uh, Perot, look, right to the Yorshim. Somebody was tofes it, intifisa. Rabbi Akiva says, nobody be tofes it above the... Why? His logic is because... The Yorshim is a straight automatic. You have to swear to get it. So if you have to swear to get it, you're not uh, automatic. Therefore, always the items go straight to the Yorshim. And then, well, on Perot, you're not going to be able to get Perot because Perot is a metalkalin. There's no Shemur a metalkalin for uh, Ketubah, nor there's a Shemur for, uh, for uh, Balhov. You'll have to get it from somewhere else. But it goes directly to the, uh, to the, uh, to, to the Yorshim. That's the deen of the Mishnah. We learned in the Mishnah. The Mishnah quoted that a person died and he has now a wife that wants to ketubah and he has a balhov, he owes somebody money and for that matter he has the inheritors and he has a pikadon or a malveh, the Mishnah said. Pikadon is either a collateral, that's by somebody or a malveh means somebody owes him money. The point is the pikadon, the collateral or the Money that's owned is by a third party. So the Bitarfon came along and said, which one of the three has first rights to this item? Now as we learned in the Mishnah, the items that are not in the third party, the items that are regular assets, fall straight to the Yorshim. But since these items are already by a third party, the collateral or the money that's owned, so therefore the Bitarfon came along and said, Yinaten the Koshel Shebahin. We'll see exactly what koshel shemen means when we get to the Gemara. But now the first question the Gemara is, why did the Gemara have to bring two examples? A malveh and a mashkon. A money that was owed or a collateral. So the Gemara says, What do you have to say two cases? The point is, it's assets that are in a third party. What do you have to say? A pikadon and a malveh. So the both. Because if you said malveh, which is money, money that's owed, because I can tell you, when you have a debt that's owed to you, what does a person do with money that you lend him? He spends it. So therefore, there's really no money in, 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 in actuality. It's just he owes him. So therefore, since the money is owed, you could say that that did not fall to the Yorshim, because there's nothing there. 
That's why the Bitarfon comes along and says, since Melvez Lohot Sa'an Nitan, that's what the Bitarfon says, the Ketubah or the Baal Chod have a right to go take that money, because it did, it's, not a, it's not a real asset that fell, because the, the, the loan, which means when, let's say, the, the deceased lent money to somebody, what did that person do with the money? He spent it. Now he just, he owes it. So in there you can say, since there's really nothing there, Malvelo Sa'anitna, that's why he says that the Yorshim don't get it, the Baal Chov of the Ketubah will get it. Have a Pekadon, but you could argue, maybe a Pekadon, which is a collateral, which is there, the Ita it's something substantial that's there, Ema Modulil Rabbi Akiva. Maybe it'll be Modet Rabbi Akiva, that why did it go straight to the Yorshim? Because it's there. That's why I had to say that Malve also, even though it's, even though, sorry, Pekadon, even though it's there, still it goes to the Ketubah of the Baal Chov. Now we go the other way. The Itanahan, if it just would have said Pekadon, that's when the Biakiva said it goes straight to the Yorshim because there's something that's there. But when it comes to a Melveh, maybe he to the that's what it has to say in both cases. So it's Hidush in both a Melveh and a Pekadon. Now it comes to Gemara and says, Rabbi Tarfon said in the Mishnah that who does the money go to? Who does this Melveh or the Pekadon go to? To the Koshel. So the Gemara says, "My le koshel." What is this koshel? Living in koshel means the the weak one or the poor one. So there's there's three options. Here. It's either the yorshim. Well, the yorshim, we know, we're not going to call them the uh, koshel. So it's either the baal hov, the one that's uh, owed money, or it's the wife that's getting paid the ketubah. So the Gemara says, "My le koshel." Be yosem be chani naomer le koshel shebiraya. What is koshel shebiraya? Let's read Rashi. And she said, "The koshel shebiraya lemish shtarom meuchar." The one that's holding the later dated shtar. Because the one that's holding the shtar, either it's the Baal Chov, has a shtar, you owe me money, or the lady's holding a shtar of Ketubah. The one that's dated the later is the weak position. Why? Because the later the shtar is dated, the less likuhot they're able to collect from. They can only collect from likuhot from the time of the uh, date. If it's written early, of course you can get, get, go to can take money from uh, earlier possessions that were sold. So therefore, the weaker one is the one that has the star that's dated. So it's between the Baal Chov and the Ketubah. Whichever one of those two has the later dated star, that's the one that gets uh, from this uh, third party. Rabbi Yohanan Amar Lichtubat Isha. He says, no, it's automatically, you give it to the, to the wife to get paid for Ketubah. Why? Mishum Hina. Because of Hin. What does Hin mean? Which means we want to make it that a lady will have an easier time to get a ketubah in order that she'll get married. Which is we want the uh, ladies to find favor in the eyes of the men. Uh, how is that going to be? If they know, she'll get paid. So therefore, in order to keep the hand factor uh, working, so therefore they give it to her that she can get paid. Look at Nashim, what he says. Nashim Nashim. The EU nisuot nevish. Not to diagna lashit ketubatan. You don't have to worry about losing the ketubah. Ketanaya. This is actually machlok ketanaim. The machlok we just said. The bi ben yamin omei le koshel shemeraya. That's the koshel of the raya, which we learned is the later star. Whichever one is later. The who kasher. And that's uh, kasher. He's the that's the kasher. What she says. Vadavar kasher magun lasot, which is he added. The bi ben yamin when he said. He added that that's the right thing to do. To give it to the one that's later, who cashier? That's the right thing to 
to do. He added those uh, words to his uh, to his uh, shita. Rabbi El Azar Melech Tubat Isha Mishum Hina. He says no, you give it to the lady because of Hina. So the Machlok and Tanaim is the same. Like we said, Machlok Tanaim. Niyah Perot Telushin. Okay, so let's go slow. We learned in the Mishnah. Let's say the husband left Perot Telushin. He left a uh, uh, fruit. Okay, so let's review, because this is what we discussed uh, in this morning's uh, Mishnah, in today's Mishnah. We said like this, if the husband left, fruit. So the Bittarfun has a shita like this. The Bittarfun says, whichever one is tofes first, so then uh, it's theirs. If the Baal is tofes first, okay, they keep it. If the Ketubah, the lady is tofes first, they keep it. If the Yorshin take it first, whichever one is tofes, they get it. Now, then the Mishnah uh, went on to say, that what? That you had, let's say, somebody was tofes, let's say the lady, and it was extra. Okay? So we said the extra, who gets the extra? Uh, so then we had a shitav, let's say the lady's ketubah for argument's sake is a, is a thousand. She was tofes uh, twelve hundred worth of perot, so now uh, she gets to keep a thousand. But the two hundred, what do you do with the motar? Okay? So then he said, you give it to the weakest, uh, the weakest uh, one. So it's, uh, the, if the ketubah, if the lady's holding it, then you give it to the baal hov. If the baal hov's holding it, you give it to the lady. That's, that's the way the And then the biakiva came along and said that no, the rule is you always give it to the yorshim. Okay, that was the Biakiva's uh, shita. You always give it to the Yoshim, which means the Biakiva says there's really no deen of tefisa in the first place. Like a shita is, you always give the monies uh, straight to the uh, Yoshim. So it comes to the Gemara and says, but the Biakiva, my iriyam motar, which means he says the leftovers go to the Yoshim. What, what did you have to get the leftovers? Kulehunami the Yoshim havu, which means everything is to Yoshim. The Biakiva says nobody can be tofes. The Biakiva shita the Mishnah was what? That whenever the husband dies, any of the assets and all the assets go to the Yorshin. Because we explained the Biyakim Shita was, because the Yorshin are automatic. Everybody else to get their assets have to make a Shivwa. So why did the Mishnah say that the Biyakim says that the Motar goes to the Yorshin? Not only the Motar goes to the Yorshin, everything goes to the Yorshin. So the Gemara says, you're right, everything goes to the Yorshin. The Aidi Damar Bittafun Motar, since the Bittafun was discussing Motar, Tana Iyunami Motar. So he also discussed Motar, but it's really everything. But the Akiva, Tefisa, Lo Mehanya, Klal? Now they ask a question of Akiva. You saying that Tefisa never works? Which means if somebody, let's say in this case, when the husband died and somebody was Tofes, the Baal Chov was Tofes, or the lady was Tofes, it doesn't work? You never hold if somebody's tofes that it works? And we have a question. Amar Amar Nachman. So they are right. There is a case. Oh, the case is talking about, which means, let's say the Baal Chobos tofes mehayim. Then already it's a tefisa. Which is, Rabbi Akiva does hold that there is a case of tefisa. Let's say the father was still alive, and now uh, he owes somebody money. That guy went when he was still alive and was tofes. Then Rabbi Akiva will say his tefisa is a tefisa. We're only discussing where the father died, then he made a tefisa. Now what would be the difference? Why would Rabbi Akiva say that a tefisa mehaim is considered a tefisa? So the Mefarshim say over here, because the uh, whole logic of Rabbi Akiva was what? Why does everything go straight to the Yorshim? Because the other ones have to make a shivua. In this case over here, nobody has to make a shivua. There's no yutumim over here. And therefore, when the Baal Chov comes over his tofes, he has a right to be tofes. There's no Yoshim yet in this picture of it. The whole logic of Rabbi Akiva was what? When, why does the Yerushai go to the Yitomim? Because to them, it's an automatic. You want to get your Baal Chov, you want to get your uh, uh, Ketubah, you have to go to the Yorshim, to the Yitomim, and swear that you deserve uh, this money. 
So Rabbi Akiva says, well, they get it first. They, they come straight to them. They, because they, they get it automatically. Mashiach, when he mentions the Fisam Mehayim, there's no Yatumir, there's no Yoshim yet. And therefore, they have a right to make it to Fisam if they, if they grabbed it. They'll be able to keep it. So Slava is making a Haluk to Rabbi Akiva. There's a difference between Fisam Mehayim or not. Comes to the Gemara's Good. Gemara's next question. We said Perot. Perot, the deen of the Mitafrom was Kola Kodem Zacha. Whoever grabs first is Zoche. Now, the question where are these Perot? Which domain are these perot in? Which means, obviously, if the perot are in the domain of the Yorshim, so it's automatic, it's theirs. How can, how can somebody else be tofes? So you have to pick a place that's neutral place, like the Gemara is going to say, the Shutra Beam, where it's really not in anybody's uh, domain, so to speak, so not in the Yorshim's either, because you really don't make a Kenyan in the uh, Rishuta Rabim, because it's public domain, and therefore anybody who's uh, Tofes is me. Good, they're in a public domain. Aval besimta, lo, simta's like a side street. Now a side street, like a corner, a little corner off, off, the, off the street, that's considered like a private domain. And therefore, the be... Ravitch will hold that if the fruit are in the public domain, it's anybody's grab. Because there's no Kenyan really in the Shulchan Abim. Mashiach, if the fruit are in a simta, a private street like that, where it's Shayak to make a Kenyan, it goes to Yorshim. Because that's considered like in a private, automatic, it goes to Yorshim. So the only time to beat the phone says you can make a Kenyan, anybody, is the Shulchan Abim. It doesn't matter whether it's in the Shulchan Abim, or even if it's on a side street, that's considered... Anybody's call. And therefore, Kola Kodem Zakha. So we have a fantastic Mahloket. Everybody agrees. In the Shutta Rabim, Kola Kodem Zakha. The Mahloket is in Simta. Rabbi Ravush will say Simta, it's the Yorshims. And the Shakish Kalunda says, even Simta is the. Anybody's call. Kola Kodem Zakha. Dun Dayane Kerabi Tarfon. Okay, there was a judge. There was a case. And the rabbis in the court judged like Rabbi Tarfon. And then they said, what? What was the case? So let's say one of the, the Balhovas uh, Tofes. Okay? So they said, okay, the Bitar phone says, uh, you get to keep it. The Shakish came along and said, no, there's a wrong ruling over here, give it to the Yorshim. Which is, he went along and was supposed to be Akiva. And he told the judges, you made a mistake. You don't go like the Bitar phone, you give the money to the Yorshim. It's automatic. Amar le Rabbi Yohanan, Asita Kashir Torah? Well, you, you made the Bi'akiva like it's a, a, a Torah law, which means if the rabbis made a mistake in Betin on a Torah law, okay, then the law is they retract. Mm. But uh, it's makhluk at the Bi'akiva, the Bi'akiva, Why are you treating the Bi'akiva when you're treating like it's a from the Torah, that, the, the, that if the rabbis said it, you, you, you retract? So they didn't make a mistake here, they were posting like the Bi'akiva, they have a right to be posting like the Bi'akiva. Why is the Bi'akiva better than the Bi'akiva? So it comes to Gabbana and says, Let's say the Mahlokan over between Rishakish and um, the rabbis over the Beit was like, The Mor Sabar, Ta'ab Davar Mishnah, Hozir. Umor Sabar, Ta'ab Davar Mishnah, in Hozir. Which means maybe the Mahlokan over here is in the rule of Ta'ab Davar Mishnah, which means like we have a rule like this. When you have a Mahlokan Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfon, Halakha is like Rabbi Akiva. Because over here, who argued Rabbi Akiva? Only an individual argues. So Rabbi Akiva, when, it's, when one rabbi argues against Rabbi Akiva, we follow Rabbi Akiva. So in this court over here, if anything, it was a case of Ta'ab Davar Mishnah. They made a mistake uh, in misruling a Mishnah. 
So maybe that's the Mahlokat. They posted the Mishnah, so we made a mistake in the Mishnah, but it's okay. The deen is a deen. And the Shakish was coming along and saying, no, no, Ta'abidvar Mishnah, it's a, it's a mistake, and therefore, Hosea. Maybe that's the argument between the, the, the two rabbis over here, which is if a person makes a mistake and something gets written in the Mishnah, meaning we posted like a certain rabbi, and the Betin ruled like the other rabbi in the Mishnah, do you Hosea or not? The Gibran says, no. The Kulahama Ta'abidvar Mishnah, Hosea. I can tell you, everybody really holds that if you make a mistake in the Mishnah, Jose the Betin has to re-rule. Oh, so what's the Mahlogan over there? Be'akam e'pelgim. Or somebody like Akiva Akiva Mechadero, ve'lo merabbo. Or somebody like Akiva merabbo. Which means, Rabbi Tarfon was Rabbi Akiva's rabbi. Okay? So now the question is, when do you go like Rabbi Akiva? So some say, Halakha Rabbi Akiva mehavero velo merabbo. Meaning when his colleague is arguing on him, you go like Rabbi Akiva. But not when his rabbi is arguing. Therefore the first rabbi said, Halakha Rabbi Tarfon. And therefore they would like Rabbi Tarfon. Whereas the Shaki shows, Halakha Rabbi Akiva ve'afinu merabbo. Therefore he came to the bed and he said, listen, you made a mistake over there. Halakha Zaka Rabbi Akiva. And you were Tu'ibit Var Mishnah. And Tu'ibit Var Mishnah, you be Hosein. Another way you can understand what happened over there. I can tell you, everybody holds over his friend and not like his, uh, not over his rabbi. This Mishnah is Rabbi Akiva. Which is the Mahlogan over here is, how do you consider Rabbi uh, Tafon? Is it his rabbi, or is it not his rabbi? Which means everybody holds that you go like Havero. The question, so if you say the Bitva was his friend, so If you say it was his rabbi, then Halakha like Rabbi Tarfon. So that was the matter. The rabbis that followed Rabbi Tarfon held the Lomir And the rabbis that tell that Rishakish, uh, uh, he said, no, it's his Haver. And if it's his Haver, Rabbi Akiva, Therefore he holds like Rabbi Akiva. Another way of understanding. Everybody matin itmar. That rule that when you said halacha Rabbi Akiva, some have it halacha which means you have to rule like Rabbi Akiva. Even with the Abad, and some say Matin Kirabiakiva, meaning Lechetayla is supposed to go like Rabbi Akiva, but with the Abad, if you didn't go like Rabbi Akiva, okay. it's okay. So the rabbis in the Beti that followed Rabbi Tarfon, they held it said Matin. Meaning, are you right? Lechetayla, we should want Rabbi Akiva. We didn't go like Rabbi Akiva. With the Abad, you go like Rabbi Tarfon, you're okay. But the other rabbis said, no, 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 it's halacha. You must follow. Therefore, the Bidah Shakish came along and said, hey, uh, you made a mistake over here. Halacha Rabbi Akiva. Good. Now we tell some stories. The relatives of Rabbi Yohanan, they grabbed a para from the Yetomim, which is they were owed money from the, uh, from the deceased. So they went to the estate of the Yetomim, and they took it, they went to, they went to Fisma. Oh, and it was in a side street. Okay, now if you remember the side street already, we had a mahlokit between Rav and Shemuel and Rishakish. Rav and Shemuel said, Sitma goes to the Yorshin. Whereas according to Rishakish, he said, Sitma is like the shooter of beam. First one that grabs it, it's his. So now what happened? The relatives of Yohanan, they went, they grabbed uh, an animal, a para, and a Sitma. Atu, they came in front of Yohanan, so they came in front of Yohanan, Amalu Shapir Tafsatuha. He did good. 
Halakha, you could take it, uh, you know, even a, even a sitma, it's, it's like a shoot at a beam, kola kodem zakha, no problem. Atul kavid ribish wam benakish, they came in front of the shtakish, amaliu zilu adur, he told them, go return it, which means we go like Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva says that what? It goes to the Yorshim. Atul kavid ribish wam benakish, he went back to the Yorshim, he went to the Yorshim, he went to the Yorshim, he said, gotta return it. What do you want me to do? Somebody that's equal to my stature is arguing on me. Meaning I, I, I can't buck uh, the shtakish. He's, uh, he's equal. He told you no, that's it. No, it's not. I can't, I can't argue. Bakara is a ro'eh. That's a, uh, a shepherd, right? Diyat means the shepherd of the yatomim. He's uh, taking care of the animals of the yatomim. The tafsir Torah mine ba'al which is the, one of the creditors, they, they was old money, he went, he grabbed an ox from the, uh, from the pack. Again, somebody died, now the shepherd has all the nekasir, uh, the yatomim. So the Baal Chov went and was tofes, he grabbed. Now, we have a stirahe, what happened? We have a contradiction between the, the, the claimants. Baal Chov Amar Mechayim Tafisnale. He comes along and says, listen, I took it when the guy was still alive. And therefore, even according to the Bi'akiva, we learned what? You're allowed to be tofes, mehayim. So he's coming along and saying, listen, when I took this animal, the owner was still alive. Therefore, you can't take it away from me. Because even the Bi'akiva holds, you can be tofes, mehayim. But the shepherd comes along and says, tafse. He says, no, you took it only after he died, and the rule is like the Bi'akiva, that after that is no tefisa, it goes to the Yorshim. So he says, do you have any proof that he was tofes? Do you have any proof that he, uh, he took it? So he says, I don't, I don't have any witnesses that uh, he was tofes. He went to the Shomer that was holding the animals and he grabbed one. So the rabbi asked him, let's get the give and take over, the rabbi asked him, did the tafsir? Do you have witnesses that the Baal Chov took the shore? So Amar I don't have any idea that he took the shore. So Amar so the man tells the shepherd, which means he could come along now and say, listen, I didn't take anything. The, the, the deceased gave it to me. Which is, since you have no witnesses that saw him take it, he has what's called a Migu. Migu means he could say a better claim, and the fact that he didn't say the better claim, so we believe on what he says. Since nobody saw, you didn't see him actually take it, so he could have came along and said, hey listen, the owner himself paid me back. <laughs> and go disprove him, could you disprove him? You didn't see if he took it. You just see him now holding it. Yeah. So you're climbing along and say, hey, you took it uh, after he died. He could come along and say, took it after he died. He gave it to me. Yeah. So since he could have said he gave it to me, you have to believe him when he says he took it. Since he had another claim, so therefore, advantage to the one that took it. That's what Abdelman said. The Baal Chov, the Baal Chov gets to keep it. Oh, the Amarish Takish.
Right? And, and what's the logic? The logic is because Baba, he's holding it. The one that's holding it, like he has like a chazaka, which is you're, you're holding the uh, the animal. So therefore, but the other one bring a proof. You, know, you, you want to be, you want to take it out of me? Yeah. I'll tell you, I got it behind. So comes the Gemara and says, "Ve'amar ishtakish hagodrot, godrot are animals, animals that walk by themselves. En lahen chazaka. We have a rule when it comes to animals. Somebody that you see holding on to an animal." means nothing. You know why? Because animals roam. Animals walk around, they can walk into the guy's field, walk into the guy's house. So the fact you see him holding it, it is not automatic that you say, he must have had it the whole time. So therefore, what are you giving the credit to the malhom over here? You say he's holding on to the animal, and therefore, since he could have said he got paid, I mean, you're giving him all the advantages because he's the mahzik. I thought that by animals you don't say uh, advantage because uh, like we said, animals roam. Kebra says, Shani Torah Dimsira You're right, an ox is different because an ox is watched by a shepherd. You're right, by sheep that roam freely, a guy who's holding it, you don't call him a mozak. But an ox, usually it's being watched by a shepherd. If it finds its way in somebody else's possession, that means he got it, which means somehow it was given to him. So therefore, yes, there is a rule by animals that hazakah is not so. By an ox, you say it indeed is. Comes again and tells one last story. The Ben Okay, those are the family of the Bet right? The Rabbi Yehuda so they took a shifcha that went into the yetomim. Right, the yetomim were Yoresh shifachot. So they took, I guess, with Baal Chok. So they grabbed it, they were owed it. Misitma from a sitma. Okay, obviously they're holding like the opinion that says, like the Shtakish, there's no difference between the Shutter Abim and Sitma. Kola Kodem, Zakalak Rabbi Tarfon. Yativ Rabbi Abu Rabbi Hanina Ben Papiv Rabbi Yitzchak Nafchav Yativ Rabbi Abba Gabayu Rabbi Abba was sitting with the rabbis in the Betin Amru Lehu So the three judges come along and tell the Bet Nasi Shepir Tafsitu You did good We go like Rabbi Tarfon No problem Kola Kodem Zacha Even in the Sitma No problem Amru Rabbi Abba Mishum Deben Isiani No Mahnefitu Lehu well, just because they come from the president's family, you're force flattering them. Well, you're trying to force flatter them to say the halakas like them. We have already a precedent where the judges judged. Didn't we just learn that the rabbis, once they judged like the rabbis, came along and said, you're wrong. And he took it back because he said the halakas like the akira. So you're trying to tell them, well, just because they come from the president's family, you're trying to give them a leniency and tell them it's okay. And I told them, return it. The Baal Chov has no right to be to face. The money goes to the Yorshim. Amen, amen.